This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. This is Randy Zuckerberg Means Business on Business Radio. I am thrilled to welcome to the show my first guest, Doug Stevens, best-selling author and founder and CEO of Retail Profit. Doug, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure, Randy. Thanks for having me. I am so excited. We have so much to talk about, but before we get into everything, I would love if you would join me for my favorite game, Like or Dislike. Like. I like that. Or Dislike. Hated it. You get nothing. You lose. Okay, don't worry. This game requires no preparation in advance. It doesn't require um, any skill, Randy. That's what I need to know. <laughs> you know what? I, I've been following like all of everything you've been writing and thinking on Instagram and Twitter. You have a lot, a lot to say about retail. So I'm, I, I'm excited to to get into this. So I, I have found my team and I have found a few kind of interesting headlines and articles about retail, and I would just love your thoughts if you like or dislike them and why. And yeah. we have a our our listeners. Are, are playing along with us on Instagram too. Um, robot retail. Apparently, the pandemic has accelerated the use of robots in retail, from you know moving machines that are cleaning things up to delivery, going down the sidewalks in different suburban areas delivering food. Um, robots for customer service and delivery in retail. Doug, what do you think? Like or dislike? I like it. So long as it contributes to a better customer experience, ultimately, and, and if it also contributes to an elevation of people in, in the retail sector, you know, people in the retail sector engage, unfortunately, have to engage in a lot of tasks that are relatively mundane. And so if the aim is to employ technology like robotics to free them of that labor and, and allow them to focus on things that are higher value and potentially higher paying, then I'm all for the robots. Mm. You know what? I, I agree with you on that. Although I have to say I have worked with robots before. And if you thought working with humans, if humans were temperamental, like try working with robots who just decide they don't want to work or this or that. And I was like, I'll, I'll take the humans any day over the melodrama of working with the robots. So I think maybe the robots, you know, the, we have to make sure that they function perfectly before they can truly uh be useful. All right, let's talk about drone delivery. Um, in the past few years, the adoption of drone technology has risen significantly. Um, a lot of analysts are expecting drone adoption to continue growing um, until it's mainstream over the next few years. Amazon and Walmart are testing drone delivery. What do you think, like or dislike? I like. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, I think there's certainly a place for this, and and we know that a lot of what contributes to the high cost of delivery, particularly in the last mile, comes down to the uh, the driver. Um, it, it ultimately comes down to the driver of the vehicle that's uh, that's dispatched for that delivery. So, yeah, drone delivery makes a lot of sense. It certainly makes a lot a lot of sense in places that perhaps are more remote and uh, more difficult to get to. So. Yeah, I see a place for it. But again, you know, I think these things, uh, it, it's hard to sort of, you know, paint, paint with a broad brush the entire industry and say it's something that fits every business and every solution. But, uh, but it has merit. 
Totally. Yeah. I, I can't really see that in Manhattan where there would be like millions of, of drones just like dropping things on people's heads all the time. But I have to say, I did go to a restaurant once where they delivered champagne via a drone. And that was maybe one of the coolest experiences I've had in my life. So it's, you know, cool. time and place. Okay. Final like or dislike is this is more of kind of a, a trend in, in shopping that with the pandemic, we have seen stores pivot to things like curbside pickup of shopping and, or smart shopping lockers where you can pick up things or drop off things for return in lockers. Um, do you think that, first of all, like or dislike, and do you think that those are here to stay even after we've moved away from this pandemic, which hopefully will happen in the next 25 years? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like 25 years since we yeah. into it. Um, <laughs> so, so again, I mean, I like, but um, I like because I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, naive to assume as a retailer that every customer wants the same kind of experience. You know, certainly there are times where we want to go to the store, we want to engage, we want to have a more immersive experience. Maybe we require more information. There are other times where we simply want to get our hands on whatever it is that we need, and we want it quickly. So I think that uh, it's all part of a framework in which retailers are beginning to understand that they don't set the terms of reference anymore. They don't, they don't design the, the architecture in such a way that the customer has to adhere to the rules of how they get their, their products. Uh, and, and they have to be flexible and adaptable, and certainly curbside is a big part of that. It's been a huge part of retail in Europe for for a long time, and now certainly starting to catch on in North America. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm I like, uh, but you know I'm biased too because I I tend to um, I, I, I tend to be very accepting of these things that seem to constitute the future. I try not to be naive about what will you know the, the thinking that everything is a home run, uh, but I think that all of these things have a contextual place in the future. Absolutely. And I think that's a great segue into uh, what you're thinking about now. For anyone who's just joining us, I'm speaking with Doug Stevens, best-selling author and founder and CEO of Retail Profit. You're listening to Randy Zuckerberg Means Business here on Sirius XM. So Doug, talk to me about how, I mean, COVID has changed retail completely. Um, where were we in March and where are we now from your perspective? Uh, boy, great question. Um, you know, what's what's stunning to me is that in January of 2020, uh, the entire retail industry, for the most part, there were about 37,000 people in the industry that were gathered at the Jacob Javits Center in New York for the annual National Retail Federation Conference. And then only a matter of weeks later, it was converted into an Army Corps of Engineers field hospital to deal with an overflow of patients in the New York City area. So a stunning amount of change in a very short period of time. A lot of people are calling this an acceleration of the future, and, and, and I, I grant that in some respects that is true. We, we certainly have seen an onboarding of consumers to online shopping, and, and not just shopping, but online entertainment, online communication, online socialization, in a way that I think, uh, you know, had you uh, intimated that this would be the case in January of 2020, people would have thought you were crazy, uh, but, but certainly that has been the case. But I don't view it purely as, a, as an acceleration of things that would have happened anyway. And I think that's what makes this period of time that we're in in the industry so, uh, so important. Uh, because, you know, we're, we're not just questioning the nature of retail. 
we're questioning the nature of life. We're, we're talking mm-hmm. about the nature of work and the need for people to, you know, congregate in offices. Uh, the same with education. We're, we're sort of looking at this whole realm of online education, healthcare, the advent of telemedicine, the nature of cities. Uh, we're seeing migrations now out of cities in a way that no one would have predicted in, you know, December of, of 2019. Um, and, and so it, it really is more, I think, of a true anomaly in the sense that it is going to spark all kinds of changes in our lives that then translate into changed consumer behaviors. Uh, so it's, it's you know, it's bigger. It's a bigger idea, I think, than just sort of saying, well, this is all stuff that would have happened anyway. It's just happening in a shorter time frame. Absolutely. I think you're completely right about that. I, I'm, I'm looking at something that you wrote on Instagram just a few weeks ago about how um, the physical store as a means of distribution is, is outdated. We need to start thinking away from that. So I mean, what do you think will happen with physical stores? Was it going to happen anyway, like you just said, or, um, or has the pandemic really pushed that forward? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the idea of, if you sort of go back to the genesis of the retail that we see around us today, and I often say, you know, if you go to any street corner in in North America, certainly, and you look around, you know, at what you see in your field of vision, about 90% of what you're looking at was created in the industrial age. It was a product of the industrial era. And I think what COVID-19 has done now is, is truly pushed us over the threshold of the digital era. I think we were sort of straddling this, this, this zone between industrial and digital. And now society is, is clearly being, being pushed over the, uh, over that line. And so, um, you know, we're, we're seeing, uh, changed behaviors. We're seeing, um, you know, certainly the idea that physical stores, you know, which were really an industrial means of the distribution of products, have proven through the pandemic to be a very unreliable way to get products into consumers' hands. It's very open to disruption. It's limited by definition. Uh, You know, a physical store is only open a certain amount of time a day. Uh, you know, they're, they're sort of restricted in the sense that they have to carry a certain amount of inventory just to sort of look like they're stocked, even if the, the returns on a lot of that inventory are not great. So it's not an efficient model economically. It's not efficient from a practical standpoint in terms of getting products to consumers as they need them. And so I think there's a big rethink going on now about physical retail. And one of the things, really, that, that I've been following for a long time now is the idea that what we're really seeing is a trading of roles between media and physical stores. So, you know, traditionally, retailers would go out on the open market, they'd buy all kinds of media in an effort to drive people to distribution. And, you know, we've used that term in the industry for decades, and we want to drive feet, drive feet through the door. Uh, but, But the opposite is actually happening now. Media, in every form, is, is slowly but steadily becoming the store. So when a consumer now is on TikTok or Instagram, they're not looking at the media that they're, that they're uh, experiencing there as a call-out that drives them to a quote-unquote store. They're looking at, looking at that media as a contextual opportunity to buy that product in the moment. And we know from research that 
In 50% of cases, consumers are inspired to buy things from something as simple as an image on Instagram. So media is no longer a call-out that pushes me to distribution. Media is the distribution. But on the flip side, physical stores, physical environments, and physical experiences are proving to be an extremely powerful channel to drive media experiences to consumers. And through those media experiences, we can acquire new customers. And we can do so at scale in a relatively efficient manner through the power of those physical experiences. So this isn't just, uh, you know, kind of a blend of physical and digital. I see it more as a complete trading of roles as we move forward. So will we go to stores 10 years from now? I I have every... uh, I have every belief that we will, but we will go for different reasons. I think we won't just go necessarily to pick something up that we could have delivered to our door, but we'll go to have an experience that we cannot have otherwise online. Mm, I I love that. I think that's so spot on. I'm excited for that world. Doug, what do you think will happen with luxury? I feel like this 2020 has really redefined how people view luxury, how they shop for it, if their demand for it. Yeah, great question. So, you know, of course, COVID-19 is a, is a double threat in the sense that on the, on the one end of the spectrum, depending on your age, it presents a, obviously a very serious medical threat. On the other end of the spectrum, it presents a very severe economic threat, particularly to younger consumers. You know, if you're a Gen Y, uh, this is your second major financial crisis, you know, in, in your very short work history. If you're a, a Gen Z, you're starting your career in the middle of this. Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be very, very tough economically. We also know that the generations, um, younger generations are, are fundamentally different uh, in the sense that they have not enjoyed the same level of wealth. They have not enjoyed the same levels of income, uh, at least until very recently. And their assets are, are not, uh, you know, the, like those of their parents. And so, my belief is that luxury is being redefined. What, what constitutes luxury? You know, for, for my generation, it was about what you drove. It was about where you lived. It was about the, the physical material goods that you, that you had. I believe for younger generations, it's, it's about more fundamental things. I think luxury is about freedom, freedom from debt, freedom to travel, freedom to live where I want to live and work where I want to work. Uh, you know, it, it isn't so tied to material possessions, and I think it's much more experientially based. So we've already seen moves um, like by companies like LVMH, for example, where they are starting now to turn more toward experiences as opposed to just physical goods representing this, this notion of status or, or, uh, or luxury. And so I, I think that that will proceed into the future, and, and frankly, it's really – you know, if we look back at the last five years of luxury, at least, it's really been Asia that's driving the luxury market. I don't think luxury retailers have really figured out uh, Western consumers, especially young consumers. And I think they're still in the process of trying to gauge, you know, what, what is it exactly that they're looking for? Gucci and LVMH have certainly made better inroads with younger consumers, but it's still a bit of a wild card. But I think the whole category of what represents luxury is, is something that is, uh, that is definitely in flux. 
For sure. Doug, you have a, a latest book out, Reengineering Retail, The Future of Selling in a Post-Digital World. Um, in our final moments together, tell us a little bit about the book and what you're most excited about with the future of retail. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, Reengineering Retail is, is available now, and uh, anyone listening can, can certainly find that book online. And that sort of paints a picture of the future that, that we're discussing right now. I've got a new book coming out. It'll be dropping on May 4th, and it's called Resurrecting Retail. And it was actually written Great right title. in the heart of the pandemic and, uh, and, and looks at what the future might look like in a post-pandemic world, how the retail landscape is going to change and what the new competitive imperatives are going to be for businesses coming out of the pandemic and into that future. Wow. Well, I really can't wait to read that. I, I think, you know, that is top of mind for many people across many industries right now. Doug Stevens, where can everyone reach you and uh, to follow along with, with everything that you're writing and thinking about? Sure, Randy. Uh, retail Profit, and that's P-R-O-P-H-E-T dot com. That's the mothership and everything I do and say winds up there. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Certainly a lot of food for thought, and it'll be interesting to reconnect on the other end of this holiday shopping season. You bet. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Take care. This has been our Tech of Tomorrow segment where we look at the future of business trends and what's coming next. I was just speaking with Doug Stevens, best-selling author and the founder and CEO of Retail Profit. I'm Randy Zuckerberg, host of Randy Zuckerberg Means Business here on Sirius XM 132. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 